Welcome to Playmakers. I'm Haley Elwood, and look, normally I get right into it, but despite this intro being a little different, it's for good reason, because I'm so excited about today's episode. It's a short week, but we're going big with Thursday Night Football on deck for the Los Angeles Chargers. I had the opportunity to chat with both Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer, two women who truly embody everything that Playmakers is about. The pair call Thursday night football games on Amazon Prime Video and made history in 2018 when they became the first all-female booth to call an NFL game. I spoke with them separately, but together we talk about the impact they've made, how they found their groove in their third season, and we also get into a little bit about the game. Fans around the world can find Hannah and Andrea's broadcast this Thursday by opening the settings on their Prime Video device and selecting the Hannah Storm Andrea Kramer broadcast. They will also be on the calls for next week's holiday games with Viking Saints on Christmas Day and 49ers Cardinals on December 26th, which will be available only on Prime Video. So without further ado, here are my conversations with Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. Okay, let's say hello and welcome in Hannah Storm to Playmakers. Hannah, thank you so much for doing this. How are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm really busy this time of year. Oh my gosh between everything going on work-wise and the holidays. So it's, it's crazy. It's been a lot of fun though. Yeah. You know, it's December, it's week 15 in the NFL. I know you and I were just talking off air, a lot of news in the NBA happening, just, you know, tis the season, right. I guess, as they say. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Cause I'm doing, you know, sports center and then Amazon and then the NBA is starting off and the, you know, stretch run of the NFL. So I love it. I'll tell you what, after being on the air so much um, during the pandemic, and there were so many times when we barely had any live sports to talk about, you just you just feel so grateful that, you know, things are happening now. Absolutely. I totally, totally understand that. Okay, so let us get into what you and Andrea Kramer do for Amazon Prime Video for Thursday Night Football. You started this first-of-its-kind broadcast pairing in 2018. How does it feel now being very deep into the third season of Calling Games with Andrea? Yeah, I think the great thing is the extension of of what we started back then. Um, The fact that, you know, we're now working on some true sustainable longevity in terms of being able to call games. It it was such a learning curve, you know, just like it is for a player uh, coming in to the NFL or, or a first time, you know, head coach. We're constantly talking to them about the adjustments and just you know, trying to get your schedule straight in terms of, for us, it's all the research and the things that come in and the prep. And, you know, it can be very overwhelming, just the pacing of the season and calling games. And so I think that we're definitely in a groove in our third season in that regard. And I think more relaxed, more confident, and we know, more how to prepare and how to organize their information and then what to do when we kick off, you know, when to use that, when not to. So I just think, you know, with experience comes a lot more confidence. And that's the point where I feel that we've come to now in the third season. You mentioned that learning curve, but what was going through your mind when you heard of this opportunity for the first time? I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me because I thought that this was nothing that I would ever see, not just for myself, but anywhere for, 
any women in the industry to have an all-female team call NFL games. It was completely unprecedented, especially when you're talking about this wasn't some sort of one-off. This was an entire season, not just one game. Yeah, I think that was really, really important, uh, the commitment by Amazon from a, a business standpoint to do that, to make to make that big of a commitment to us and then to extend it for two more seasons really speaks volumes about Amazon and not just the work that we've done, which of course it validates that, but also on their commitment to putting our, our voices uh, on the air season after season, I think has been, you know, really, really a game changer and nothing that it had been done before, nothing that is being done anywhere else currently, although I hope it is down the road. So um, when I first heard about it, I was like, kind of just like a little bit, terrified like wow can, can I do this I haven't called NFL games but you know I had called WNBA I called uh tennis grand slam tennis before and so I knew how much I loved doing play-by-play and I how much of a challenge it was um but at the very first I was like oh wow like it's just like one of those things that never occurred to you so yeah. it takes a minute you got to step back, think about it. And then like, yeah, wow. You got to be kidding me. This is awesome. Well, and here you are three seasons, essentially later into it. You had mentioned that you both have known what it's like to forge careers in this industry with nobody really having done it before you. So why was taking on a role like this just so important from that point of view? I think it's important because I think that for a lot of people, you you need to see something to kind of visualize it and also to know that it's a viable career option. So what was really important for me was us to do this, but also to, to be successful, to, you know, not be one and done, um, but to be to be something that says you can train for this, you can achieve this. And I think that sometimes that needs to be in front of people so that they they know what their options are you know they know what their dreams can be and so from that standpoint it was really important to me to kind of really continue on the theme of my career and Andrea's as well in terms of being a role model breaking new territory taking chances betting on yourself that you can do it understanding yourself that you have the work ethic to do your very best. And I think that Andrea and I are so much alike in that regard that I guess one of the other things that really made made me want to do this was because I knew the way that she worked and that we are so similar uh, in terms of our preparation and in terms of our dedication to the job. So I knew that I had a partner that I could depend upon and not I wouldn't have any concerns at all in that regard. I knew how much she was going to bring to the table. So I think that's a big part of it too, that we actually decided to do this together to accept this incredible opportunity together. And that we have done all of this really in lockstep with each other, which is also very unusual to see two women um, in the sports business to be able to, you know, sign contracts, simultaneously to make a commitment and to have this opportunity, not just on the air, but, you know, from a business standpoint together on that also was unprecedented. So that's another part of it that I think has been really cool. I love it. You guys are essentially teammates off the field. 
Yeah, we are. We are. That's a very good way. You know, when I think of something that recently happened, like, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo signing a max deal to stay in Milwaukee. Well, he doesn't do that. And he does love Milwaukee and all of that, but there is a commitment both ways, right? There's mm-hmm. a commitment to, to not only him staying, but to them building a team around him where he feels that he can compete for championship. Well, it's the same thing with a broadcast team and it's, it's chemistry and it's commitment and it's, you know, two people that in this instance, you know, play by play and an analyst, although we do, I would say we kind of go beyond just those two roles. Um, You know, we're not traditional. I don't just call plays. She doesn't just analyze. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of opinion and so forth that, that goes into it back and forth. But, you know, it's, it's critical to have that person on the other side, that person on your team um, to, to achieve your ultimate goal, which is to really, you know, entertain people, to, to educate them to a certain standpoint, because we have over 200 countries that can access yeah. our feed, and we don't know how well anybody, you know, really knows football. It might be their first time watching. And to just enjoy it and, and feel like they're hanging out with us, you know, on the couch, uh, you know, as we as we watch football, I mean, it, it's kind of like we take our our texting. We you know we text on Sundays as we're watching the teams that go back and forth. This is kind of taking that to real life, you know, I love <laughs> and, that. and saying it out loud. And um and and so your teammate is really the critical element. And so I have to give them a lot of credit, and also our agency Octagon for really helping to envision this and and bring it to life and make it a reality. It, it was a really, really good idea, but it was a good idea that had to be executed all around. Well, and I think you mentioned something earlier that was so important to me. I think as as women in this industry, you talked about being able to have it be visualized, that representation being shown. Is there a weight or responsibility with a role like this where other women can look to you both and say like, hey, I want to do that. That's what I want to do in my career. Well, there absolutely 100% is, and it is for me, okay? And I'm, I can only speak on myself that, um, you know, when I was getting into the business, there were not people who were doing what I wanted to do because there were no women really doing what I wanted to do, but there were women from the morning news shows who were anchoring Olympics, so... Mm-hmm. For me, I could look at Jane Pauley, for instance. Um, She's really the first person who comes to mind. And then later, you know, Kathleen Sullivan as well, who were sort of morning news anchors, but who were able to at least briefly transition to covering Olympics for, for several weeks. So that was my, you know, role model when I was really able to, to look at the television and, and see women who were talking about sports. And of course, you know, well before that, uh, Phyllis George and Jane Kennedy had done it as well on a national level, but there just weren't that many that were out there doing it. Um, but my father was involved in sports yeah. on a business level, so I was always around sports. So I recognized, I was, I guess, smart enough to recognize that how fun sports was and that that was a passion and that that was a world that I was very comfortable in. But I know that for a lot of people who have followed, and I know this because they've been kind enough to share with me personally, you know, that they saw me on the sidelines of the NBA, you know, during the Michael Jordan years. And then they were like, well, that, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that looks 
that looks fun. Like that's my career goal. So um, I do think that in any non-traditional career, you do have a responsibility not only to yourself and obviously your employer to do as good a job as you can possibly do, but also you do have an obligation for others who might follow you and others who are watching. You have an obligation to inspire and an obligation to do it and do it the right way so that people understand that they can expand their horizons and that they can think about doing things that, that maybe, you know, weren't even available before or certainly aren't still available on a large scale. But I just think it, it gives, it gives more people more things to dream about. And I think that's absolutely a hundred percent critical. And it also normalizes female voices on something like the NFL. Listen to, you know, there's nowhere else that you can hear two women on an NFL game. You just can't do it. We've been doing it for three years and it makes that feel comfortable and it makes that feel normal and it makes that feel like, why not? You know, and what I, I guess my hope is that more, there will be more and more opportunities for all female teams to call, not just NFL games, but NBA games Mm -hmm. and major league baseball games and huge soccer matches. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why that can't happen. And I really, I really hope that, you know, in the coming years, it's my hope that we are just the the tip of the iceberg and that down the road, we're going to see women with much more options because there, there are so many live sporting events and women should be doing play by play and analysis on, on those events. That's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of opportunities. Just like I would like to see more women directing sports documentaries and the like. And I would like to see more women in the control room at the helm of these live broadcasts. So it shouldn't just be sideline roles. It shouldn't just be studio roles. It shouldn't be limited to that. I would like to see it across the board, just like I'd like to see more women in the front office running major league sports franchises in, in very meaningful ways. Well, and to that point that you make about expanding horizons, what can you say about versatility and the role that it plays in an industry like this one? I think versatility is critical. I think too, because there are so many opportunities, but they're always changing. For instance, this is a streaming broadcast. Now uh, people are all over the place. They're calling games yes. in their living rooms, for goodness sake. One one person will be in place A, one person will be in place B, and then the game will be in place C, right? But we were doing this ahead of the curve. And yeah. we were doing this a couple of years ago. And we were able to pull off, which, believe me, is no easy feat, not just calling a football game, but calling it off of a feed that we don't have control over. So we're calling it this year off of Fox's feed. So they're throwing up graphics and pictures and going in and out of reports and doing all sorts of things that we have to work around. You have to cede a certain amount of control. You can't go into this business, into really any show or any broadcast, thinking, you know, we We've got control over this whole thing because so many, there's so many factors. There's so much that's happening. You've seen it even with games, with the scheduling and the COVID era, all sorts of craziness. There's been a couple of times we've done two games in one week. You know, it's just, it's just sort of the name of the game right now is versatility and flexibility. Mm -hmm. I would say that's the other, the other one. And then I would say, you know, not being close minded to opportunities and understanding that, you know, there are going to be things that are out there like this opportunity that you're going to get where 
you're it, it it feels a little bit like taking a risk like doing something new and uncharted territory and oh i don't know i've been really successful in this area do i really want to try something new well the answer is yes you do you want to push yourself you want to to show yourself that that you can do it and you want to show others as well because if you say no you know, if Andrew and I had said, no, they weren't going to do this. Right. Okay. You, so it stopped it, with you guys. It literally wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be happening. It, it literally was not going to happen because they're like, this is who we want. We're going to, we're going to ask them. And if they say no, well, that, well, then where are we? Okay. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, you owe it to, I think other people and, and you owe it to yourself, but also to the business at large to, accept these opportunities and to, to do your very best because it expands everybody's horizons, you know, not just yours, but everyone. So yes, being versatile, being flexible, um, being a little bit, um, being a little bit, a bit daring, you know what I mean? And adventurous with, with your career and, and, and thinking about things that are new, you know, that, that haven't been there previously. I mean, that's really important. It's going to continue to change the sports landscape. And, you know, you've seen people take on all sorts of things, streaming, podcasts, you know, what have you. But people are being very, very creative about how they're covering live events. And I think it's really important to have an open mind. Now, when it comes to the Chargers, despite the team's record, new quarterback, Justin Herbert, he's been doing some things this year. What are your impressions of what you've seen from him? Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. You know, I mean, he'll be around a long time. He's strong. He is super impressive. Let's face it, going into halftime, that team could have been so deflated. They, they literally could have just folded up 10. I mean, it was, it was such a demoralizing sequence of events and it's the here we go again I think the good thing about having a a rookie quarterback is that you are you know he's the eternal optimist right at this point in his career he's not jaded he's confident he's positive and all of that's really important so probably the thing I'm most anxious to see is Justin Herbert and see how he's able to play off of that game-winning drive, off of something positive. You know, what are they going to build next season? I'll tell you, with Justin Herbert there and the location of the team in Los Angeles, to me, it is a very attractive destination. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, in San Diego, you had, hey, we have the best weather in the world, (laughs) like come play here. Like everybody wanted to play there. But I do think that there's there are a lot of Chargers have a lot going for them. It, it, it begins with Herbert. I think his talent is so tantalizing and he just appears to be again, built for the long haul in the NFL. So I'm really anxious to see, you know, you, you could almost see him going on a, a Josh Allen esque trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I just, I love what I see from him. So does everybody else. And I think that there's, there's your building block. I think it starts with him. It's, it's putting pieces around him to, you know, have him excel. I mean, I mentioned Josh Allen, look at Baker Mayfield, a number one overall pick. And we just now, just now are starting to see glimpses of the Baker Mayfield that won the Heisman Trophy, you know, that started in college. And it really did take uh, Kevin Stefanski coming in and installing a game plan to make him comfortable. And then, you know, hopefully they're going to have that that steady running game that's going to help him as well. But 
I, you know, it takes a while. Like it doesn't happen overnight necessarily. And the chargers are in the very beginning of that, of that process. Yeah. And I think one thing too, though, that, you know, for chargers fans who might be down on the season, look, it's very rare that you go in the NFL from one great quarterback to then tapping into something where you could, like you said, longevity is set up for Herbert's career and you go, oh, this kid's pretty good here. I mean, you think about the Niners, you think about the Packers, you think about other teams, but very lucky in the future is bright in that sense. Like you said, get the right pieces around, build around him. Things will definitely be on the yeah. upswing. Yeah, they had, I mean, I think like, uh, interestingly, like it wasn't like Herbert had the opportunity to sit at all. Right. So, you know, really thrown thrown into the fire, um, obviously with Philip leaving. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't know that it's hurt him and in any appreciable way. Um, the losing and the tough times this season, you know, they, you can ruin a quarterback. You can ruin a young quarterback. It just, it, even though they haven't won, that does not appear to be the case. And I think that as you stated, real positive for the Chargers. You know, he's been able to shine, uh, even though they, they, they haven't been winning and they've had some terrible, you know, moments, close losses. That has continued. But, yes, at the most important position on the field, they are rock solid, and that's critical. And then lastly, Hannah, just kind of circling back to the original conversation, what is your advice to women to be confident in themselves and use their voice in the work like this that you do? I think you just, I always say that you just have to really work hard. And that is a very simple answer. It is one that um, you cannot take for granted. I think, you know, particularly, you know, if this is a field that you're into. I do think, you know, substance really, really triumphs overall. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, hard, really, really hard work, um, good attitude, like I said, um, flexibility. Um, I think credibility is huge. So, and I, and I think that's earned and built over time. So I think, you know, to a certain extent, a little bit of patience is not bad either. And, you know, just really, I think learning to be a good writer, um, it's, it's, it's critically important to write well, I think to, interview well and listen is critically important. And I think to sometimes really understand that you're much part of a larger picture. Um, And, but listen, um, everybody today is kind of their own little company. You know, they're building their own brands on, on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. And they, you know, I would say that a lot of people, men and women um, are devoting a ton of time to that and, and that's great that they have the opportunity to do that and be creative and put the face out there that they want people to see. Uh, more important that you, you know, always remember to put the substance behind that, um, that you're really, really good at what you do. And that just takes, you know, sort of rolling up your sleeves and a lot of hard work, which is kind of tedious at times, but, you know, it just, it, it has to be done and done the right way. Well, thank you so much. That was a lot of great advice. This whole conversation was fantastic. I am so glad we were able to talk to you. Hannah, thank you so much. Good luck on Thursday. Thanks. Thanks. And thanks for doing it. I really, really appreciate it. It was was a lot of fun. And, And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Same to you. Same to you. 
All right, it is now time to say hello to Andrea Kramer. Andrea, I am so excited. I just spoke with Hannah Storm. So excited to have you on. And really, when I started Playmakers a year ago, I wanted to have the two of you on. I didn't know how to do it. And yet here we are in week 15 of the 2020 season. How are you? Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. First of all, it's great to be on with you. And thank you for asking, how are you? Because I keep maintaining it's probably the most important question we can ask each other this year. And uh, I, I am good. Everybody in my family is healthy, which is most important. And uh, hey, I made it through this far and no cases. Not, I'm, I am knocking on wood. That That is not a sound effect. That is actually me knocking on wood here. So, uh, you know, just listen, making making the best of a difficult situation and very grateful that we still have these jobs and this opportunity to cover the games. You nailed it right there. Okay, so let's get into the job that you and Hannah Storm do for Amazon Prime Video Thursday Night Football, third season for you both. How, if at all, has this job gotten easier now, like I said, in your third season of working together? I kind of joke that I've spoken to rookie coaches, head coaches over the years, and I'm sort of like, well, how was your first season? And there they say, oh my God, you don't even know what you don't know. Everything gets thrown at you at once. And, and the first season is a blur. And that's how I viewed our first season. Considering that both Hannah and I had over 30 plus years of experience in covering sports. And of course, Hannah, with all of her news experience, we'd never done these, these specific jobs before. And until you do it, you really don't know you can. And every week was a great challenge and a learning experience. And I, I think I can accurately uh, convey that from all accounts, we got better each week, which is all you can ask. And uh, But I will, I will tell you, Haley, even going into the second year, there was a huge difference, just a comfort level, sort of just reminding yourself we can do this. Mm -hmm. And then this year going in with sort of just a late start and, and really only one preseason rehearsal. And I remember specifically saying to Hannah, I go, Hannah, we can do this. We know we can do this. And again, just that confidence that you have uh, allows us to focus on what's really important, which is our preparation and still continuing to get better each week. So take us behind the curtain, because I know that both of you, you're working out of a studio. You're not at the games. Hannah joked hey, look at everyone's doing that now in 2020. You guys kicked that off. But how do you prepare? What is that preparation process like? If you only could see my office right now, you would see the disaster that is my preparation. <laughs> there's notes, there's video. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of watching the, the first game between the Chargers and the Raiders. I've obviously already watched both of their games from from Sunday. Uh, you know, it's the the preparation is 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 pretty intense. And we have our typical production meetings that, that uh, I always had when I was doing Sunday Night Football. Uh, I typically, in addition to what we do as a group, I will talk to both coordinators. I like to talk to the GM. Uh, sometimes I'll track down, you know, last year, for example, prior to the Chargers game, I talked to LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm -hmm. Just sometimes I like to just try to find additional people that I think could add perspective. Uh, to to the matchup so the the preparation kind of feels endless and um uh, at some point you have, kind of have to be like an addict like cut me off yeah i'm done <laughs> right but but there you're actually never done and then of course as i love to say you do all this preparation and then a game breaks out and that's what you have to remember is that you never get away from the developing storylines that you see 
during the course of the game. But uh, I just know for me, who for many, many years, obviously covering sports, and I'm sure you can relate to this, was relegated to these little 25-second sound bites. Uh, now it's just, it's so great to be able to talk football. Hannah jokes with me on and off the air all the time. And now Andrea's about to geek out on us. As she talks <laughs> about the jet package or whatever it is. But I, I will say that one thing that I, I really had committed to myself going into this role was that if I was going to talk the football language, which we know exists, that I was going to make sure that I could explain it to the audience. And the great Al Michaels had given me, uh, of all the advice that he gave me, one thing he said he's, was 90% of the analysts have no idea what they're talking about. And 99% of the audience doesn't either, but they think it sounds really cool. So I made this commitment, whatever I'm going to talk about using this football language, I need to be able to explain it. Because again, Haley, we don't know who's listening and where they are. Right. And if, if they're listening around the world somewhere, we have to make sure they understand what we're talking about regarding American football. Yeah, I think that's the amazing thing about the stream on Amazon Prime is that you guys are being broadcast in over 200 countries. So there are people from, like you said, all over the world who are listening and casual fans, serious fans. But the one and, thing and I, I always, yeah. I always, oh, can you imagine that if there's people in like Indonesia and they think that two women talking about football is just normal? Yeah, they don't, think it, they don't think it's kind of weird, like or you know, different or strange or such an anomaly, like like some people here might. Yeah, that's a really great point. And, and just sort of speaks to how, you know, one thing I talked with Hannah about is she goes, you know, I hope at some point this is normal, you know, that, and I think having these conversations is so great, but at one point, you know, we hope to get to the point where we don't have to talk about two women calling an NFL game because other women will do it, but you guys just happen to be the first, which is extremely special. You mentioned in your prep work, you know, maybe calling someone like LaDainian Tomlinson, calling someone like LT, maybe digging a little deeper. And you've said how both of you add depth to the broadcast. You put a reporter journalist spin on play-by-play and color. Why was that so important to you? Well, let's, let's put it this way. If you're a quarterback as an analyst, you're going to analyze the game from that perspective. I mean, t- take Tony Romo, for example. Everybody's trying to figure out what makes him so good. Well, think about what a quarterback does. When the play ends, he immediately starts looking ahead to the next play. He immediately starts getting the play call and focusing on that. So he takes his experience and he brings it into the broadcast booth. The same thing for us, okay? Mm-hmm. So this Justin Haley. I haven't played the game. If you don't actually count ninth grade when I was a blonde lefty, a la Boomer Esiason, but you know, I have not played the game at any level that anybody really cares about. So you have to focus on your strengths. Uh, Hannah and I are both really good, I think, reporters. We're really good journalists. This is how we have cultivated our careers. Uh, Last week, for example, with Des Bryant testing positive oh my gosh, yeah. moments before the game. And this was, this I think was a, is a good snapshot of what I'm talking about. Hannah brings us on the air while she's bringing us on the air. I'm literally texting with somebody from the league office who is telling me, okay, no contact tracing. And I'm giving the info, I'm writing the information down. I'm showing her my phone and I'm giving her the information in real time. So we literally are able to report what's going on and give people in developing information. And I think that that's, you know, that's, again, that's 30 plus years of contacts in the business and knowing how to report. And certainly when news breaks, I'm going to put Hannah and me up against any booth out there in terms of knowing 
what's the important information to disseminate to the audience and how to get it? Is there a fun sort of exciting element? Maybe look, you mentioned when the game kicks off, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, or pregame, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. But with what you do, Hannah mentions, you take the Fox feed, you work off the Fox feed. Is there an exciting element knowing that you guys are literally going by the seat of your pants when sometimes you don't know certain things like what's coming out of a break or something like that? I'm not sure I'd use the word exciting to describe (laughs) what you just mentioned. Uh, Is it an adrenaline rush? (laughs) Listen, uh, the great thing about our broadcast is that we're doing it. It's not the most ideal situation, but what we have to do as broadcasters is not let the audience in on that. Mm -hmm. The audience doesn't understand or care about what limitations we have. They just want good information, good stories, relevant insight. So there's no, you know, there's no font that comes up and says they're taking the Fox feed and they don't know what's coming up next. You just have to roll with it as best as possible. I happen to think very strongly that one of the greatest assets of our broadcast, the way it's currently configured is having Hannah Storm in the play-by-play role. She is absolutely uncanny in her ability to get in and out of breaks, her, you know, being able to be counted down into, I mean, granted, it's not like she just started doing this yesterday, but I think that what she brings to the broadcast is really the element that makes it so seamless because it's really hard to pivot sometimes. And again, unless you've been in that situation, you don't really understand it. And again, with the audience doesn't care. They just want the good quality that hopefully we're providing. But I think that really our secret weapon in making it as seamless as possible is, is having Hannah in the role that she's in. In talking to both of you, you're so complimentary of each other. And when speaking to Hannah, we talked about you two being teammates, you know, you're teammates in this, just like guys are teammates out on the field. What have you two learned about each other in this process? Well, you know that I probably am in the Guinness Book of World Records, or at least I should be for having worked with both the husband and wife. So her husband, Dan Hicks, is my husband. I mean, you know, I did three, I did three Olympics with him. In fact, just last week, and and I adore Hannah, and we had quite the laugh about this. I, she, I, I forget what it was that she did. But, um, uh, and I'm very good at making her laugh so hard that she will literally cry. But, um, but last week I said something and I go, God, you know, I love your husband because he has to put up with you and then he put up with me. And she nods her head in acknowledgement because, you know, Dan Hicks is definitely a saint for that. But, you know, listen, Hannah and I actually, we go back uh, really a few decades in terms of knowing each other and being, I would call us casual friends, Mm -hmm. but I think that what I've, what I've seen mirror images of ourselves held up when I look at her. I mean, it's really scary sometimes to the point where we're having dinner last week um, and we're sitting at the, at the table with, um, with our, our longtime spotter. And we realized we lived in the same apartment building in New York 20 years ago. Wow. It's crazy. She's like, oh yeah, well, I lived at 60 with 66. I go, no, I lived at West at 60 with 66. And Ben looks at me, looks at our producer and goes, this happens all the time. You know, it's just, it's really interesting how we, we have had parallel universes in many, in many respects. And 
the thing that I, I, I really believe is the engine that makes our relationship work is we have the same exact work ethic. And I know, and I, I trust greatly how she's going to prepare. She knows she can trust me. Um, it's just, it's, it's a huge thing. Uh, as we learn the, the great term that I've learned in this role is booth choreography. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful expression that you do. You really have to learn. You have to learn how to do that to make it really a balletic seamless dance that goes on for the audience. Because ultimately Haley, we want people to think we're just hanging out with Hannah and Andrea yeah. watching the game. That's what she said. You guys text on Sundays and that's what you bring every Thursday. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we do text during games. I'll be like, what game are you watching? Which one are you watching first? Our games run concurrently because it's, it's fun. You know what I mean? We, and it, and it kind of gets us in the mood of, of just sort of corresponding back and forth with each other. So getting to this game, chargers are out of it. We know that, but they could play spoiler and foil the Raiders postseason plans. What do you make of this matchup? Well, I'm just really, really psyched about seeing Justin Herbert yeah. in action. Uh, looking forward to speaking with him. And I, I remember the, the first year that we talked to Patrick Mahomes and and uh, as he was starting, you know, his second season, but the first his first year as a starter. And I just I really enjoy just talking to these guys because it is it, you really do get a sense of them even just through the interview process and the production meeting process. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do uh, further in, in the offense. I mean, look, the, the last game was was pretty competitive between these two teams. So I think that um, I think that each game I want to see where he is developing. Uh, I know, speaking of Mahomes, he, he had a great expression that he used, which is that every game that he plays he adds to sort of his mental Rolodex, if you will, his, mm -hmm. he adds to the things that he's seen, whether it's different defenses or different, uh, different blocking schemes, whatever it is. And I'm really interested to see how Justin Herbert continues to evolve even during the course of a season. I mean, obviously he's in a position as, as the, the rookie of the year and, and all. And, and I just, I'm really excited to see, uh, to see what he's going to do on the road against this, against this uh, certainly Raiders defense that I think we can clearly say is in turmoil when you're, yep. when you're changing your coordinator days before, you know, a game that's uh, that's, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge for, for that side of the ball for them. So another guy who poses a challenge on that side of the ball for them, Keenan Allen, he has had some really big games this season, despite having a new quarterback, his production is as high as ever. Where for you, does he rank? among other wideouts in the NFL. And do you think he gets the credit that he deserves? Well, it's it's interesting because we used to talk about Devontae Adams of the Packers mm -hmm. as sort of the most underrated receiver that nobody talks about. But now the way that, that he and Aaron continue to just evolve in that absolutely sublime offense in Green Bay, that we don't talk about him that way. Right. Now, I think, now I think it's Keenan Allen. And and look, part of it is is playing... I was about to say in San Diego, but I'm not going to say San Diego. And it's not so much the anonymity of, of, of playing in Los Angeles, but I think that certainly for the Chargers, uh, I just don't think that people will think about him first and foremost. And that impresses me even more about Keenan Allen because yeah. he just keeps producing and he keeps having these 
these really uh, absolutely magnificent performances and the fact that he is doing it with not just a rookie quarterback, as you point out, but how many years were he and Philip in complete simpatico yeah. and Philip Rivers, obviously. And so for him to even change quarterbacks, not to mention a rookie quarterback, but I kind of I kind of like it because I'm sure and it's something I'll definitely want to ask Justin. I am sure that Keen having Keenan Allen out there has helped facilitate Justin Herbert's development as a quarterback, not just the looking at the productivity that Keenan has had, if you, if you understand what I mean, can mm-hmm. you imagine just having that kind of resource and, and knowing that he's out there and he's always, I mean, we saw it just, you know, just being able to keep the play as Justin Herbert is running around. Keenan Allen is, is looking in that scramble drill to keep the play alive in some capacity and find a, a hole in that, in that soft zone to, to make the play. Yeah, their connection. I mean, it's been something to watch this year and it's something so exciting with, with Keenan getting his contract extension earlier this season. It's something that Chargers fans should be so excited about to watch it grow, to watch it develop as Herbert moves on through his career. I mean, Hey, this is year one. And like you said, he's not just a rookie. There was no preseason, but what both of them have done this year. And I get your point to kind of help each other, to have a guy like Keenan Allen to rely on who's a veteran, who's been there, who's seen it got to be super, super helpful for him. Yeah, especially because obviously the running back core has, uh, with, with Austin Eckler getting in and out and and due to his hamstring injury and things of that nature. And yeah, I think that it's certainly uh, an adjustment with all the offensive personnel. And I think that, um, I think that, look, you know, the 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 record and, and the other things, I mean, I'm a big uh, Anthony Lynn fan. I've known him his entire career. He's a great man. Uh, it's it's a very 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 difficult season out mm-hmm. there, but you know, listen. You you mentioned Justin having this you know uh, this aberrational off season. Well, you know what? A lot of teams have. Yeah, Obviously, every team has, and a lot of players have. So, I do think that um, uh, his ability to sort of seamlessly step into this role and and have this sort of record breaking season that he has been having is is really impressive. Uh, And I'm just looking forward to seeing what his continued development is. And then lastly, Andrea, you're a Hall of Famer, maybe not for the reason that you played a lefty quarterback back in the day, but for a very, very different and special reason, a long career in this business. What do you think is next for women in sports broadcasting? Well, look, I I think that Hannah and I are very proud of the door that we are opening. I certainly hope that it proves that women covering football games can be more than quote unquote, just sideline reporters, which Hannah and I have both been. And I think that what's the most important thing to remember Haley is give people the opportunities if they've earned it. Don't put somebody out there just because they're a woman, just because they're a minority, but they need to earn the opportunity because ultimately if they really haven't paid their dues, if they really aren't prepared, then it's going to be a setback for everybody because yeah. then, then you start getting into the whole, well, you know, she doesn't really know what she's talking. No, no. If women have earned the opportunity, they should be able to, to step into to different roles. It's, it's just that simple. And I hope that that's what we see. Uh, and I, and I hope that it's not done as a gimmick. I certainly, I, we, we've, I've said it all along. The credit that I give to Amazon 
is it could have been one game, but no, it wasn't. It was a whole season of commitment. But after our first season, Amazon renewed us six months early, brought us back for the second season. And now having a third season, now all of a sudden it's like, you know, the consistency and the commitment is really a profound statement in itself. And that I, I'm really, really, really proud of that because, uh, you know, it, our, uh, <laughs> I, I do not make comparisons between us and any other booth, but this is kind of a kind of a fun one. Mm-hmm. The spotter that we have that I mentioned to you is uh, works on Monday Night Football as well, and he reminded us that Hannah and I have more experience uh, broadcasting NFL games than the Monday Night Football booth right now. <laughs> so, you know, albeit it's a little bit of a different medium, but but still, we're all talking football at, mm-hmm. in the booth. So, I, I'm I'm proud of of what we've been able to. Uh, what we've been able to do over this, you know, really three seasons now. And, um, and again, the key thing for me, are we improving every week? And I still feel that we are, and we get great feedback from our producers, which, you know, me, I crave, I crave that. I, I just, I, I always want the constructive criticism and feedback and I think we get it and um, never, never stop asking questions because uh, you want to learn and improve. That's that's always a, a great way to approach things. And above all, just you know, we're just having fun. We really are. We're we're just having fun because that's that's what you want. You want people to feel like they're coming along, watching the game with you, and and having fun doing so. I think it's important too for those who are listening, for both of you, like you said, who have spent over three decades each in this business, that there is no end to learning. There is no stop. You are constantly learning. You're constantly growing. It's a great piece of advice. Andrea, thank you so much. All right, Haley, thank you. And to you and to your your listeners, stay healthy and happy holidays.